I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Later on this afternoon, 3.30, the puck drops in New Jersey as the Devils getting ready to take on the Hurricanes. Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, joins us now on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, good morning, Greg. How are you? Doing well. Looking forward to being out at the, uh, the old rink today in Jersey and uh, seeing if the Devils can uh, find a way to get through this Carolina defense they're having so much trouble with. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive into that game, uh, Gallant, as we know, and the, and the Rangers have decided to part ways, mutual uh, divorce, uh, dare I say. Uh, what what are your thoughts? Were you expecting this? Did this come as a surprise? No, it didn't come as a surprise, only because I was at Rangers breakdown day, and you know, while Gerard Gallant was defiantly blaming the media for speculating about his job status, we didn't hear from somebody, which was GM Chris Drury, who usually speaks on the last day of media availability to kind of give a state of the team. He wasn't there. Gallant said he had yet to speak to Drury about his job status. And then we get the news a couple of days later about a mutual parting of ways, which I think is the right decision for both. Uh, you know, Gallant, if you think about it, Anita, you know, the, the Rangers were lucky to get through to the conference final last year. They were on the ropes by the Penguins. If it's not for Jacob Truba taking out Sidney Crosby, they probably lose in the first round last year. They lose in the first round this year. It's the law of diminishing returns. They, the players clearly signaled in their exit interviews they needed a new voice behind the bench. And this gives Glant a chance to go and maybe land a pretty good gig. Columbus has an opening. Calgary has an opening. There might be a few more before it's all said and done. So probably the best thing for both parties is I don't think that his time there was going to be long anyway, given where the team was and given maybe some problems behind the scenes with general manager. Yeah, you know, I I received a uh, I received a text message from a friend of mine um, who uh, who's who covers the team, and this I'm going to read this to you. Uh, team used big chunks of cap space, youth draft picks over the past two years to win the cup this season. Uh, credit card bills are now due. Team will likely take steps back. Um, and so in, in regard to having a win now coach uh, who's fiery, uh, this just would not be a good fit. Do you agree with that or not? It's possible. I think one of the knocks on Gallant was how he didn't really develop um, some of the younger talent on the team and, and, and give them the ice time that they may have deserved. You heard some grumbling about that uh, in the exit interviews from players to the media about like Kapokako in particular was hoping to get more ice time than he got this season. So, you know, that could play a part in it. But, you know, like you said, I think the expectation placed on this team is one of the real reasons why he's not the coach any longer, which is when you go all in, and grab yourself a Vladimir Tarasenko and a Patrick Kane at the trade deadline, and then you don't even advance as far as you did last season and lose in, in, a, in, a, in a series to your arch rival uh, where you had a 2-0 series lead, it all adds up to there being a lot of, <laughs> a lot of catalysts for a change behind the bench, especially uh, on a team that, as we know, uh, ownership tends to be kind of reactionary when things don't go well in the, in the postseason. 
Again, Greg Wyshynski joining us here on uh, on 98.7 ESPN. Now let's turn our attention to what is going on in the NHL postseason. And as you said, the Devils, they are down 2-0 in the series. We saw the same situation with the Rangers, but obviously a much different uh, set of circumstances here with the Hurricanes. We know how great the Hurricanes have been at home. Um, but this is, this is, so by the way, I went to see, I went to, to a comedy show last night and I actually went with a gentleman who works for the NHL and in our car right there, we Ubered there and our Uber there. I was just like, I said, you know, I said, Hey, what's going on with the devils? What are your thoughts? And he, his response was, they're just young and either they play on any given night. They're like, they're focused. They're, they're tuned in. They're hot, they, they skate fast, they're aggressive, and they're like, they're all in it, or they're not. They're, they're hot and cold. There's no shades of gray. Uh, would you agree with that in, in regard to this Devils team? Is that how you would describe them? I, I think so in a, in a certain extent, because I, I do think that we've seen in the series that they get kind of frustrated quickly against Carolina, which is what the Hurricanes do to you with the way that they play D. And if you look at the numbers, I got a breakdown of, of Game 3 on ESPN.com this morning talking about what the Devils have to do to rally in the series and what the Canes have to do to close them out. If you look inside the numbers, you're seeing the Devils not necessarily getting the same kind of chances in the offensive zone they got against the Rangers. Um, they're spending more time in the neutral zone, which tells you that they're not getting through with their speed enough and that Carolina is doing a good job of, of, of slowing them down. They're, they're not getting enough shots that are not screened by defensemen. Uh, through on Freddie Anderson, which tells you, that, tells you that Carolina is doing a really good job of, of getting people in, in the shooter spaces in the offensive zone. So they're just playing a, a tougher defensive team, uh, and you're starting to see some of these young players maybe get a little frustrated with not having the output that they need, and, and veteran players too. I mean, keep in mind, we talked about the trade deadline just earlier. Timo Meyer was the huge trade deadline acquisition for the Devils. That man does not have a point in the playoffs through nine games, and that is an hmm. absolutely stunning stat for anybody that's followed this guy's career. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get to their speed today, get through that defense today, and play more Devils hockey, or if it's going to be another situation where Carolina just has, has them in a stranglehold this series. Uh, later on this evening, 6.30 p.m., you got the Maple Leafs going up against the Florida Panthers, who now are up on this series 2-0. What gives? What has been the biggest difference here, Greg, with this Panthers team in the postseason knocking out, you know, the Bruins? Some might feel that's a curse, but now they're up 2-0 on the Maple Leafs? What, I, I mean, what gives here? Well, in the Bruins' case, I think we talked about that before. Like, they just kind of had a bad series. You know, they were dealing with some injuries, and they weren't getting performances out of their goaltending. A lot of the things that were trending so right for Boston in the regular season did not trend right in that series against the Panthers. And also, they couldn't handle the Panthers' forecheck, and that's been a problem for Toronto, too. I mean, the Panthers now are rolling right now as far as their offense goes. The Sam bennett Matthew Kachuk duo has been one of the best in the playoffs, maybe the second-best duo behind McDavid and Dreisaitl for my money. Uh, now the Barkoff line is getting going. They're getting scoring from their defense. But the big story in the series so far, Anita, has been Sergei Bobrovsky. He wasn't great against the Bruins. He did kind of what he needed to do in that series. But in these first two games against Toronto, he's been the difference. I mean, he's played very, very good hockey, well above ex- expectations. Uh, and I think he's been the difference in the first two games. And, and we'll see if he can be a, a difference maker in game three. Uh, also, later on tonight, I know you really like the Stars coming into the postseason. Uh, they're going up against the crack, and the series is all tied up at one. 
Dallas money line minus one forty seven. Uh, the over under here on uh, on goals is five and a half. Do you have a play in this matchup? Um, I like Dallas in this one. Um, you know, I think that they had a real solid course correction in game two after a tough game one. Game one was all about them playing as the worst period of their postseason in period one, where Seattle took a lead and then Dallas spent the rest of the game chasing that lead. Um, you know, I, I think for Dallas, you know, they, they got Pavelski back. He's healthy. He's making a difference. Um, they, they really showed off their depth scoring in game two. They're a better team up and down than Seattle. Seattle's a tough out. They play tough hockey, um, and I think that they're going to be a team that can roll four lines at you and make like, life difficult. But, you know, Dallas, I thought, made a real statement in game two, and I, I imagine they're going to continue on in game three. And last but not least, uh, again, I know you picked the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup uh, prior to the postseason starting. Uh, they looked really impressive against the Golden Knights last night, uh, won 5-1. That series is all tied up at one. Uh, how are you feeling right now? Even even, even better about your Oilers? <laughs> well, yeah, if they can start playing something that resembles defense, then we're, we're in good shape. I mean, like, the, 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 the surprise last night was not the five. The five was, was pretty predictable. Again, Dreisaitl, two goals. He's now threatening the all-time record for goals in a postseason by a, a single player. McDavid had two goals and an assist. Like, the big, the big guns fired last night for the Oilers, and that's never a surprise. The surprise is the one for the Vegas Golden Knights because – you figure every game in the series was going to be a shootout. You never thought it was going to hit the under. And then lo and behold, uh, the Oilers hold their opponents to under two goals. So if they can keep trending in that direction and get good performance, uh, performances out of their goalie, Stuart Skinner, uh, then they're going to be even more dangerous. But as we've seen already, like McDavid and Dreisaitl have the ability to score their way out of any problem for that team. And, and that's why I was pretty, uh, pretty high on them at least playing for the Cup, if not winning it this year. Um, I meant to. I meant to ask you. You, you see me on Daily Wager, um, and, and folks that do, I, I wear these T-shirts uh, every show, which is nice. It's, it's great having a work wardrobe that is all about T-shirts <laughs> that are provided to you by Five Hundred Level. Um, but if I was, if, if you were to have um, a, a, a hockey T-shirt of any player, who would it be? Who's, who's, who's your favorite guy to cover? <laughs> that cheer for? Who, who, who would you want? Well, right now, one of them is Jack Hughes of the Devils, only because of the way he plays uh, so electrically on the ice. But also, that guy is no filter off the ice. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy that like is very, very critical of their own performances and has a little bit of swag- swagger to him. So that end, Matthew Kachuk's another guy. I mentioned him with the Florida Panthers. Like, this is a dude that is, is making, he's, he's, for my money, an MVP candidate right now in, in the playoffs, the way that he played against the Bruins, the way he's played against the Leafs. But he's also a guy that will score the game-winning goal in overtime in Game 5 and then go sit down and talk to the media and go, you, all, you guys thought we were all getting swept. <laughs> you know, he's got, he's got a lot of swagger to him. So look, give me a little bit of swagger, give me excitement on the ice, I'm going to be a happy hockey fan. And those two guys, my money, are two of the more intriguing characters in the playoffs these years. This year. Done. You've got, you've got two, two T-shirts heading your way, Greg, because you're, you're, you're so awesome. <laughs> and I, so, I, I know how valuable your time is, especially around – this time of the year, and we so appreciate you. So thank you, my friend. And enjoy, uh, enjoy the Always three games pleasure. tonight. we got three games on the slate, so God bless. Should be fun. Thanks a lot. You got it. Greg Wyshynski joining us here, the Puck Daddy on 98.7 ESPN, getting us ready for that Canes-Devils uh, matchup. Again, puck drops there at 3.30 this afternoon. Still more coming your way, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Wouldn't it be great if we could do a show like outside? Well, actually, we are. Um, are you aware of this? Tom, we did this, uh, we did this last year. Uh, actually, but it's Saturday, so you probably aren't working. Remember last year? Tom, it's the only time you and I have ever seen each other like face-to-face was at the Jets facility. I do, I do remember that. We had Quinn and Williams on the show. Mm-hmm. We're doing that again this year. Um, so it's, uh, it's, the Saturday, it's the Saturday of the Belmont. Um, so I want to say it's going to be June 10th, I think. We're going to be broadcasting live from out there is the Jets really, really supportive. The Jets and Gatorade really supportive of women's flag football, girls flag football here in the New York and New Jersey area. And so they're hosting, I want to say like a tournament. Remember we were out there last year. It was great. Uh, it was awesome. And so we're going to be broadcasting live from there, but it's Saturday. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Joe, maybe this is our chance of meeting each other for the first time face to face. I don't know. You or Harvey, I would imagine are going to be out there. I would, yeah. I would assume one of us will be out there, if not both. It's I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because somebody has to run the equipment. I don't. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to run the equipment. <laughs> so, uh, so that will be fun. So, um, again, we've got the Knicks back in action on Monday night. Can they turn this series around? Uh, that is the big question mark. Here's the thing. Um, 105 to 86. Uh, I just, I, and, and guys, please feel free to chime in here and we'll open up the, the phone lines. 800-919-3776. This Knicks team cannot continue to be this bad. Bad in points in the paint. Bad in rebounding. Bad in, in getting to the free throw line. Um, bad off the bench. Bad in second sec on second chance opportunities, second chance shots, bad three point shooting, bad, 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 bad. I shared with you, uh, shooting 34% from the field, 20% from three was eight for 40 from downtown, eight for 40. They can't, right? Like, guys, they can't be this bad. There has to be some type, they like, there has to be some, like, they are, this is the bottom of the barrel, this is the bottom of the bucket. There has to be some positive moving forward, like, they, right? Please tell me, please tell me I'm right. You know, I would love to tell you you're right, but honestly, I don't know. So I'm going to kind of be a little bit of a disappointment here and say, I don't know if the Knicks yeah, will put Yeah, why the- are you your pain in my cereal? Yeah. What are you doing? Stop. No, come on. Uh, yeah. Joe, give me some optimism here, please. They can't be this bad again. I mean, the last time that they played this bad was against Charlotte. So, and after that, they rattled off a couple, like... 
It was the eight-game win streak, then the Charlotte game when the Knicks were on top of the world and you couldn't tell a Knicks fan anything. Then they had that Charlotte game. After that, they, they got their stuff together and they rattled off another couple of games here. So, you know, this might be rock bottom for them in terms of play in the postseason. Maybe they take a couple of days off here and or a day off here and and get things right and get it rolling. Even the series back up and we're rocking and rolling for a, a decisive game five. You know, the the Heat weren't that much better, by the way, even though they did win 105 to 86. They only shot 39% from the field, 22% from uh, behind the arc. They were 7 of 32. Combined, I mean, I, I, I was watching this before I went out uh, and, and headed off to uh, my comedy club, which really wasn't a comedy, a, a comedy um, conference room, I, I think is what we could have called it. Uh, but combined... Uh, these two teams, 17 of 20, uh, 15, sorry, 15 of 72, 15 of 72 from downtown. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Hopefully we've got some better basketball ahead today. At 3.30, the Celtics and the 76ers uh, tip off. As I said earlier, to me, Embiid, even though he's putting up 30 points uh, in 13 rebounds this last game, they still lost. Uh, why? He just, he's lumbering. That's the word I was looking for before. He's just lumbering out there with that knee brace. I think it's an issue. Also, dare I even question or suggest that this might be a better 76ers team without Embiid? Dare I say that? And we're talking about the guy who won the MVP this season, as we know. Here's why. Uh, when he's out there, the offense runs through him. It takes away from Maxi. It takes away from Tobias. It takes away from Harden, more importantly. Harden in game one. In the game that the 76ers did win. None of No, no one really expected them to win because Embiid did not play. I, I just, could he be hurting the team because he's not 100% with that knee brace? I know it sounds crazy. I'm just throwing it out there. Food for thought. But I do like the Celtics team. I will lay the two and a half, even though they're on the road in Philadelphia. I think that they they smell the blood in the water. They do. And I think they're going to pounce. Also, my my favorite bet heading into this is Marcus Smart, over 16 and a half points and assists combined. Marcus Smart has been such a vital part. We talk about Tatum. We talk about Jalen Brown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal one-two punch. One would argue one of the best one-two punch in the NBA. Not... Absolutely. But Marcus Smart has been such a vital part of the success of the Boston Celtics team in the postseason. He's averaging five points a game, um, and he's he's playing a minimum of 35 minutes. So um, this 16.5 points and assists combined, this over has hit eight of his nine playoff games. So that, that has to be my favorite bet heading into today's action. And again, I will lay the points. Uh, with the Boston Celtics at minus two and a half, and also uh, what has been a cash cow and a, a straight up ATM has been the Celtics in the first half. And the 76ers, uh, they are one of the best second half teams in the NBA. In the first half, they're 18, 25, and one against the spread. They're a better second half team. So give me the Celtics in the first half. I'll lay the one. Give me the Celtics all around at minus two and a half. And my favorite bet is Marcus Smart over 16 and a half points and assists combined. Later on tonight, uh, we're in for a treat. The Nuggets going up against the Suns. Uh, Denver is up on the series 2-1. They lost the last game 
in Phoenix uh, the other night because Booker put up 47 points. KD put up 39 points. I do believe I like the Nuggets. Give me the Nuggets and the points. Give me the Nuggets and the two and a half. I just feel like the Nuggets are going to come in with a lot more uh, urgency. You know, game three is always funny, right? Especially if you're a team that now you're already up 2-0. I do believe that NBA teams, they kind of lose that sense of urgency, right? Because they're up 2-0. They're feeling good about themselves. Um, I just don't think this type of play from Booker and KD can sustain itself. They're playing, you know, over 40 minutes. And Booker's just been at 20 of 25. You, you've got to, like, just realistically, we're only human. You've got to expect some regression there. And for Denver, I'm expecting them to actually get better. Why? They shot 34% from three. In the field, on the field, they're 50%. That's not normal for this team. In the postseason, they've been shooting 55% from the field. In the regular season, they're shooting 58% from the field. So I expect the Nuggets to play better. I expect a little regression from Booker and KD. It's it really, it's a two-man show carrying the Suns. Still no Chris Paul. Some might feel that pain actually gives this Suns team um, a better opportunity to win. We'll see. I, I just expecting a little bit more urgency from the Nuggets. So give me the Nuggets plus two and a half. Okay? Uh, that's how I'm playing that bad boy. And then, um, and then of course, on Monday... We do have, uh, we know the Knicks are going to be back in action down there in Miami against the Heat. Uh, Tip-off is at at 7.30. You'll be able to listen to that game as well right here on 98.7 ESPN. And then, of course, uh, the the Warriors and the Lakers go at it at 10 o'clock. The Lakers won yesterday, last night. So they're up on this series 2-1. I don't, I don't, I feel the Lakers are going to win this series. This is how I think it's going to play out. Uh, I like the Lakers last night. Sure enough, they won. I think the Lakers are going to win again. This is a Warriors team. We've been talking about it all season long. They just cannot win on the road. They do not win on the road. They just don't. But they're one of the best home court teams, home field teams, home court teams. And that's why I feel like the Lakers taking one of the two from them, they got the deal done. So I think the Lakers win again tomorrow night. Then I think they go back to Golden State. I think Golden State wins. So now the series is going to be 3-2. And then... They head back to L.A. and L.A. and the Lakers seal the deal and they win in six. Uh, They win the series 4-2. Not that I have a crystal ball. I wish I did. Uh, I would definitely, I would would be one wealthy woman if I did. Uh, But this is how I see it playing out. Uh, When we get back, if you missed it earlier today, Moke Hamilton uh, this morning joined me on the program to do a deep dive into uh, this Knicks team and the struggles and the fact that they're down in the series to the Heat 2-1. Uh, we'll play that for you next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We've got about three minutes left in the show, and then Larry Hardesty is coming your way, picking up where I leave off. Uh, so let's get as many calls in as we can. Let's go to Joe. He's calling in from his car. Joe, good afternoon. Welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm good. First time. Hi. All right. Yeah, hey, um, I just want to talk about the Knicks. I know um, a lot of people feel down about the 2-1 in the series, but I do think people should look up and say, you know, what a good, um, you know, year it has been. And uh, especially if the offseason is around the corner, you know, I know people have speculations about Giannis. I don't know how he would pay with Randall, but, you know, I think we can get some uh, really good players uh, in the upcoming season. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, and and Joe, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Uh, That was one of the big storylines yesterday. We talked about it. Winhurst coming out and saying that uh, Giannis uh, really got it. The Knicks are keeping a really good eye on what happens with the Bucs and Giannis. And could he be a uh, a Nick next season? Wow. How amazing would that be? Right? Um, But interesting. All eyes there, just not only with the Knicks organization, but Knicks fans as well to see how that plays out. Let's go to Mitch. In East Windsor, Mitch, welcome in. Good morning, Nina. How you doing? Great. I guess we're doing better than the next. Uh, two things, uh, Mitch, my buddy, uh, Mitch Robinson, has to uh, pick it up. It can only get better, right? And Dan Lowry, Lowry, is contributing. Why not uh, Derek Rose? I mean, it's a mystery. I know he's collecting the check there, and he's getting paid no matter what. But can he give us something too, like uh, Lowry? It's amazing. It's it's, it's how he plays. He's not forty. Um. Yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, again, a, a lot of it is is uh, you know the rotation and, and who's starting and who's coming in off the bench and whatnot. And uh, you know, the, the, the this is this is one of the things that is really perplexing with, with this with this series is that. The the Knicks bench has been just so solid and so good and such a huge contributor, especially in the Cavs series. We're just not seeing that in this series against the Knicks. We're just not. It's uh, it's it's pretty wild, uh, that's for sure. So, um, and and I think I think he's really he's he's resulted in in being somewhat of a, like a player coach uh, more than anything else, uh, considering that you know. He's been in this situation before, time and time again. Um, all right. Hey, listen, I, I want to thank everybody for uh, for tuning in today. We so appreciate it. I know we've touched on a lot uh, and the majority of the show, getting ready for uh, the Knicks and the Heat coming your way tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. is tip-off. You'll be able to listen to that right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, I want to thank our guests that were on the show. Mo Hamilton is always uh, on Sunday. He has become a Sunday regular, especially during the NBA playoff uh, season. Um, Vince Roth from Final Furlong. Uh, really important conversation I feel we needed to have in regard to what happened this week at Churchill Downs. And, of course, Greg Wyshynski. Don't forget, you got your Devils. Uh, the puck drops at 3.30 this afternoon to try to at least get one win in this series. They're down 0-2 to the Carolina Hurricanes, so we'll see what happens there. Everybody have a great week. Oh, keep in mind, NFL schedule is released on Thursday. That's going to be fun. So keep an eye, keep it, Thursday's a big day, NFL schedule release. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of content here on 98.7 ESPN. I want to thank our producers, Tom and, of course, Joe. Guys, appreciate you. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Be safe, have fun, and I'll talk to you next week right here on 98.7 ESPN. 